Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Today, this is the season to praise and rejoice in the Lord as we remember how He came to earth and laid down His life for us. What greater gift is there than life eternal? There is no greater gift. Amen? And the Lord likes us to be happy. He did that because He loves us and He wants us to be happy, right? So... This time, but of course we know that it's always time to praise the Lord. But we know at this time of the year, the whole world is made to think about Jesus. So it is a special, special time. So now I would like to first of all talk about what is the difference between praise and worship. All right? So praise, it's when we reverence, I'm sorry, worship is when we reverence and adore the Lord. When actually the, the Hebrew word for worship, or actually it's, is it Greek? No, it's the Greek. Proskuneo means to fall down before, or bow down before, or fall flat prostrate on one's face, or to kiss the hand in, as a token in reverence, right? That is to worship. And it was used as homage. Homage was a special honor or respect shown publicly, shown to men and beings of superior rank. So it is to bow low or to prostrate oneself. That is worship. When really you completely humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and recognize him as almighty and how much you need and adore him and appreciate him. Now, praise, that is an expression of one's gratitude and respect towards a deity. As Christians, it is towards God, right? We respect him, we reverence, we thank the Lord. But I might also praise Emily and her family for the strength they've shown in extremely difficult times, right? I might praise my child for an excellent job on their report card. So praise is not exclusively to God. We might praise one another, but worship is exclusively to God, right? Uh, In Luke 4, 8, from the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, it is written and forever remains written. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Only worship God. Only that was Luke 4 8. Luke 4 8, yeah. Luke 4 8. Now, I actually, I just wanted, there were also three Hebrew words for praise. One is yada, which means yeda, yeda, which means to give praise or give thanks or confess. And then there's sama, is that correct? Yes. which means to sing praise. And the third one is halal, which is where we get the word hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And that means to praise, honor, or commend. So we ought always to praise God because he is amazing. Amen? Amen. 
And one of the ways that we, we praise him is often in joyful song. But now, if you, maybe like me, don't have a beautiful voice for singing, be comforted that he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. <laughs> so we can all enter in with our whole hearts. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so, but I want to say now, so worship, so praise comes as an overflow of thanksgiving. But worship comes from the Spirit. Jesus said in uh, John 4:23, um, but the hour comes and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. So worship goes deeper. It's more than just what God does. It's not just giving thanks for his mighty works and acts, but it is recognizing him for who he is and for who he is to you when you worship him. So it goes deeper. It's like a knowing in the spirit. It's so it, you, in other words, praise, you might have to feel like it, but with worship, it's nothing to do with how you feel. It is to do with what you know. So we yeah. praise and worship the Lord at all times. Amen? Because we know. So today I'd like to just speak briefly about the five W's of praise and worship. So what are the five W's? So that is uh, why, what, when, where, and how. Why, what, when, where, and how. So why, why do we worship? Why should we praise and worship God? Well, first of all, for the simple fact that he is God. But now I'd like to give you some scriptures. And I have Revelation 4.11. Revelation 4.11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. None of us would be here today had God not made us. Yeah. Amen. So we give him praise and glory and honor for the very fact that we exist. In fact, nothing would be here had God not willed it. That is reason enough to praise and worship him. But then also we have, uh, well, we already read Luke 4, 8, but we are to serve the Lord our God, worship and serve the Lord our God only. Amen? Because he is the one and only creator of all things. There is none other. Only him. Amen? So if I do a good work, why would you go and praise my neighbor for the work I did? That wouldn't be right, right? Yeah. So now, Psalm 16.11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. We get into his presence, we praise him, and there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then Psalm 100, verse 4, 100, verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. So that is the way we get close to God by thanksgiving and praise. Amen? Amen. Okay. 
Psalm 22.3, Psalm 22.3 says, But you are holy, O you that inhabitest the praises of Israel. So God dwells in, inhabitants to dwell in, to remain, to be there. So where there is true praise in the spirit, God is there. When I say true praise in the spirit, yes. with sincerity and a whole heart, but we don't just do it because it's the right thing to do, but it comes from our spirit. It says that the seat of the spirit is in the belly. So it's got to come from deep down. We must be fully persuaded that he is worthy to be praised. Amen? Amen. And so when we do, that was Psalm 22.3. So Psalm 22.3. It says, but you are holy, O you, you that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And another reason to praise the Lord, we are talking about why why we ought to praise, is in Isaiah 12, verse 5. Isaiah 12, verse 5. Sing unto the Lord. Why? For he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Excellent things. Excellent. Above and beyond. Amen? So that was Isaiah 12, verse 5. 12, 5. And now, I would like to give a few examples of the power of praise and worship from the Old Testament. Are you ready? Amen. So I'm not going to necessarily read the whole... I'll give you the reference, you can read it on your own at home, but I'll just summarize and tell you about it. So we have, first we have Exodus 17, verse 8 to 15. Exodus 17 verse 8 to 15. Right. Now, this is Amalek who came and fought with Israel. Now, Amalek uh, was, the, was, the, was a member of an ancient nomadic tribe uh, or a collection of tribes described in the Old Testament as relentless enemies of Israel. Um, the district that they reigned, they reigned, they reigned, they ruled, or reigned, was uh, south of Judea, yeah, south of Judea, and probably extended into northern Arabia. So Amalek was the head of these tribes, and he came against Israel. All right? And Moses said unto Joshua, choose out men and go out and fight. But now the story goes on. If you read the scriptures, you will see that whenever Moses raised his hands in praise, they were winning the battle. When he got tired and stopped praising, Amalek and his soldiers were winning. So finally, two men were chosen to hold up Moses' arms in praise. So, and they ended up winning the battle. But, so let's not get weary in praising God. That is how we win the battles. Amen? Amen. So victory often comes along the neglected path of praise. 
and from the kind of praise that truly recognizes him. I said praise, I want to add and worship. Praise and worship. The kind that truly recognizes him for who he is and trusts him wholeheartedly. Amen? Amen. It gets the focus off oneself and on the Lord. We got to get in times of trouble, we've got to get the focus off of the troubles, off of self, and on to the Lord. And then, and only then, will we win the battle. Amen? So now, another example is Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21 and 22. Second Chronicles 20, 21 and 22. And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them others beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to what? To seek the Lord. He sought the Lord. Amen? And proclaimed the fast throughout all Judea. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come out against Judah and they were smitten. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then I have another example. So what did they do? Who has ever heard of conquering an enemy with songs? Come on, come on. But how did he know to do that? He sought the Lord his God. Amen. If you think, I'll give you an example now. If we think, oh, this is a small battle, I can handle this one. Okay. I want to give you an example of King Asa. Now, this is in 2 Chronicles 14, 8 through 11. 2 Chronicles 14, 8 through 11. And again, I will just tell you, see, I think I might have a second reference, because we are going to look, we're not going to look at it, but again, you'll see in chapter 16, but now here. Ethiopia came against King Asa. Okay. And Ethiopia had a million footmen and 300,000 chariots. But King Asa only had altogether 580,000 men. The battle was impossible for him to win. Okay. So it says, so he set himself to, what do you think? He set himself to seek the Lord. So this is now I'm talking Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 20. No, no. Second Chronicles 14 verses 8 to 11. Okay. So. Asa, King Asa. That's correct. Yes. And okay. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God. He did set himself to seek the Lord. Amen. And said, Lord, it is nothing with you to help whether by many or with them that have no power. So now it makes no difference to you, Lord, whether we be many or be few. You are the God of all flesh. Amen. So 
O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name, in your name, we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let no man prevail against you. Amen? So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. That was impossible. They were totally Amen. outnumbered. But God. Amen. But, but God. God. Let us never forget, we have the Lord on our side. Let's involve him in our battles. Amen? He is our strength. Amen? But then, a couple of chapters later, uh, the king, so Asa was the king of Judah, but a couple of chapters later, we see that the king of Israel came out against uh, Asa. And he thought, oh, look, I won that big battle with the Ethiop Ethiopians, no sweat, I'll handle this one. So he went to the Syrian king and tried to make an allegiance. He said, I know that you have some agreement with, but just break that and, and help me now. He never sought the Lord his God. And what do you think was the outcome? Well, there was defeat. 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 He thought, I can handle this one. Oh, yeah. With the first battle, it was so obvious that he could not make it. But let's not forget, when the battle seems, if we are tempted to think, oh, I got it, I can handle this one. Let's not forget to look to the Lord our God. Amen? Amen. God is, if God before it, before you, who can be against you? Amen? So when we truly draw close to the Lord, when we enter into his presence, we will taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I want you to pretend or imagine, imagine for a moment that I baked your absolute favorite Christmas cookie. And I brought it here. And I'm sorry, but whatever diet, this is the one, the type where you will forgo any diet to get it, right? But now, right now, we are all in this room. We are all in each other's presence, right? But now I might say, if you want one, come and get it. <laughs> so what does that mean? That means you have to make an effort. Yeah. There is something yes. that you have to do. Yes. You have to stir up. Yes. I am not asking you to buy the ingredients. No. I am not asking you to bake the cookies. I have done all the work. But now you, first of all, you have to first of all decide that you believe that you will get one, right? Yes. And then you have to get up out of your seat. And now as you do, as you do, the eyes of those that are not getting up out of their seats might be on you. And they might judge the way you walk, the way you dress, the way your hair sits. But you must be willing to run the risk if you want to come to me. And then, and then when, when you finally get here, you might actually have to lean in to get it. Amen? But if you believe my word and believe it's worth it, Amen. you will do it. Yes. Faith will move you into action. Yes. Have fun. Yay. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> See, are you worried what people I think? Don't. No, you don't care. When God, when you magnify the Lord, 
the Lord your God. Amen? So you can taste and see. Don't just be, it's not enough just to be born again. The minute we are born again, we are in his presence. But we must also draw close. We must also lean in. We must also put his opinion above the opinions of all the spectators. Amen? God is good. So do you want to taste and see that the Lord is good? It's up to you. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I would not withhold any cookies from those that come. And there are plenty, plenty more than you can eat. Amen? That is the abundant life that Jesus has promised. But we must believe. Now, I would like to read from Psalm now, this scripture, the taste and yeah, we are still under why, and taste and see that the Lord is good is Psalm 34, verse 11. Psalm 34, verse 11. And now, I would like to read, <coughs> sorry, Psalm 133. But wasn't that a good enough reason to, to praise the Lord, to believe His word, to act, right? and magnify him. Don't worry about the opinions of men. Believe the Lord your God and step forward. Amen? Amen. 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 Now Psalm 133. It's only three verses, so we will read that Psalm. Psalm 133. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. So it said, how pleasant it is to dwell together in unity, do you know we come from all kinds of cultural uh, backgrounds, national backgrounds? Yes. We are different color skin, different mindsets, different whatever, right? <coughs> but now imagine a triangle. Imagine this is the base, and up here is the top of the triangle, right? Now say the Lord is at the top, right? Now if we come here from two opposite spectrums, as we draw closer, to the Lord, we will get into unity. Amen? So the only true way that we can truly be in unity is by putting the Lord first, focusing on the Lord. That is how unity comes. Amen? And now, precious ointment. Now, I could speak a lot about ointment, but it's sort of similar. It's made out of oil. There's spices and resins. Resin is different from sap. Sap is like a sugary substance, but resin is thicker and stickier. But all of this goes into ointment, right? But so the ointment, it was used for cosmetics, funerals, medicinal, and religious rituals. And one of them being the ceremony of consecration. That's like the action of declaring or making something sacred connected with God. And we know that we are connected with God, how? Through the Holy Spirit. And usually the oil represents the anointing, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So it said on the head. 
So it starts from the top. Yeah. It starts from the leadership. Yeah. So, and then to the beard. What does the beard represent? Maturity. A little child, a young man, will not have a fully grown beard. So the leadership needs to be mature. And then down to the skirts, what is passed down from the head will eventually affect the whole body, right? From the head down. And then it said, as the dew of Hermon. David now begins to describe the anointing of the dew. So that's very interesting. So let's look at what happens. When we worship, whether it be together here or privately, when we come, we come into a place of unity, unity with the Lord. And yes. as we get in unity with the Lord, we get in unity with each other, right? <clears throat> and when we are worshiping God, his presence comes. He's here already, but it's like we are drawing close. Like it said in... Psalm 22:3, he dwells, he dwells in the presence, in the praises of his people. So it draws more of the spirit when we worship him. <clears throat> so, so the glory of God shows up when we all come together in one accord and agree to worship God wholeheartedly and we forget about our issues and we die to the flesh either as a group or as an individual, right? So when, when does the Lord command a blessing? These verses tell us in a moment of unity, exactly. When we consecrate or dedicate ourselves to God, when we get into unity, there the Lord bestows his blessing. And the Bible describes it as dew. What is dew? Am I saying it right? Dew, 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 yeah, dew. Dew is moisture. moisture, let me explain, it is moisture in the air. But if the atmospheric conditions are correct, if the criteria is met, suddenly the moisture that is in the air, you can't see it, it's in the air, it's there but you can't see it. But if the atmospheric conditions become right, if the criteria is met, suddenly the moisture that is in the air, that is invisible, appears as droplets of water on everything. Everything is covered by dew. And that, David said, is like the anointing. When we worship and get into a place of unity, suddenly the criteria is met, the atmosphere changes, and the anointing the glory of God that is in the atmosphere, which we cannot see with our eyes, when we meet the criteria, suddenly it begins to show up everywhere. Suddenly the anointing manifests in the whole church. People, get, people pray in tongues, they get healed, they get uh, prophecy and so on. But the criteria has to be met for the atmosphere to change, right? Like, the criteria, if you want to taste and see, you've got to draw close, you've got to lean in, you've got to focus on the Lord. Forget about all the distractions, all the things that want to pull your attention away, and give the Lord your whole heart. And this is one of the things 
that united praise and worship helps us to do. It helps us to come into the unity of the Spirit, and it helps us to focus on the Lord, forget ourselves, forget our problems. And that's why it's so important that we praise and worship the Lord. But not, oh, we cannot, it's not something we only do when we are here. We should do that individually in our times with the Lord. And we ought to have daily times with the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Amen? Amen. So now, also now we can go to Romans 12, verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1. We are still under why, but there are so many, many, many good reasons why we ought to praise and worship the Lord. It's difficult. Yeah, and I have it from first from the ESV and then the King James Version. So the ESV says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Here it says that is your spiritual worship. So the spirit affects the natural. Amen? If we truly love and worship the Lord, we will act like it. And that's only reasonable. In the King James, it says, which is your reasonable service. So in other words, it's really not asking too much that we should praise and worship the Lord, right? We ought to do so. That is very reasonable. So sometimes the flesh might not feel like it, but we ought to stir up. Because there are two times to praise the Lord. When we feel like it and when we don't. Amen? Men ought always to praise the Lord. And now I want to give another example of the power of praise. This is from Matthew 8, verses 2 and 3. Matthew 8, verses 2 and 3. It says, And behold, there came a leper, and what did he do? Worshipped him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately, immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. He was healed when he came to worship. Amen? Can I just interject this little short testimony of my own? I was baking the other day, and with the hot pads I took out the grill, and then it wasn't balanced just right, so I just grabbed it like this. Woo! I was dancing, I was sticking my fingers in the, in the water, and then I had a chick. And I put, and I said, no, in the name of Jesus, there will be no blister, there will be no scar, there will be no pain. And I'm sorry, but there is no blister. If I had gotten a blister, it would be at least a short week or something. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. And yeah. Philip was there, I definitely burned my finger because I just, it was down. just happening. Yeah. So I want to say, look to the Lord your God. At first I was doing what I could do, doing my dancing, putting it in water, but it didn't stop it. But when I called on the name of the Lord my God, the situation changed, and I have no blister. It might seem like a small thing, but let's include Amen. the Lord in all Amen. of our battles. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. And now I want to do another thing in the New Testament. 
we are almost going to get to the next section. This is Luke 17, Luke 17, from verses 11 through 19. And again, I will just summarize. You can read this on your own, but it's Luke 17, 11 through 19. And this is when 10 lepers came to Jesus and asked him to heal them. And he said, go and show yourself to the priest. And he says that as they went, they were healed. But one of them, one, wow. when he saw that he was healed, he returned to give thanks, to praise and worship the Lord. And what did Jesus do? I'll tell you now. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Do you know that with leprosy, it eats off parts of your body? You lose a finger, you lose a toe, you lose. He was made, not only was he cleansed of the leprosy to where the leprosy no longer ate away at him, he was made whole. He had all his fingers, all his toes, everything restored back. Let's praise and worship the Lord our God. Amen. Amen. Holy Ghost. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So never look at our time of praise and worship as a time to get over with. And don't never ever think, I'll come after it's over. No, you are missing, missing out big time if you're not here for the praise and worship. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And in Psalm 25, 14, it says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his reference. Fear, this word fear, is not as in being afraid of, but it's like respecting. And if we truly respect the Lord, we will worship him. And if we will worship him, he will give us revelation knowledge. You saw the samples I gave from the Old Testament of how they won the battle when they sought the Lord. Had they not sought the Lord, they would not have known how to go out against the enemy because it was unorthodox and unusual ways. But their obedience to seek the Lord, he revealed to them, this is how you and I are going to win this battle. You do what I tell you, and I've got this for you. Amen? Amen. 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 So we ought always to praise the Lord. Even if we attempted to think, I got this one, don't, don't. Amen? Let the Lord handle your battles. So, final one, in 1 Chronicles 16.34, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. What is he? Good. God is good? All the time. All the time? Let's hear you. God is good all the time. Amen. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. Amen. Let's never forget that. For his mercy endureth forever. That was First Chronicles 16, 34. Now, let's go to the next. So this was the why. I think we have plenty of good reasons. And, of course, I'm limited. I could not even tell all the reasons why. Mm. But it's powerful. Praise is powerful. Praise and worship. Amen. There's nothing Amen. better. Amen. He inhabits the praises of his people. That alone is enough. Amen. Amen. 
Now, what should we worship? Any suggestion? I will refer you back to Luke 4, 8. Luke 4, 8. It says, <clears throat> and this is from the Amplified, and Jesus replied to him, it is written, and forever remains written. Amen. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Only worship the Lord your God. Amen. Only serve the Lord your God. Amen? Amen? And in Exodus 20, you can find the commandment to put the Lord first, you know, to serve the Lord with all your heart and have no other gods and so on and so forth. You can read that on your own if you like in Exodus 20, verses 1 through 6. You can write it down and if you like, you can read that later on. So we are to serve and worship the Lord our God only. There is no other God. He deserves all of our worship and all of our praise. Now, when? We are now at the third W, when? When should we praise and worship God? Psalm 34.1 says, I will, King David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually, continually, at all times and continually. Amen? We ought to be so soaked, so established, so grounded in the Lord's love and word that it is our default. It is just what we would automatically do. We don't even have to make an effort. It should be automatic. But if we need to make an effort, let's do it. And let's make it a habit. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that was Psalm 34, verse 1. Psalm 34, verse 9. Now, I'm going to give you, we are not going to read it, but we are going to look at Acts 16. Acts 16, verses 16 to 40. Acts, and again, you can read this on your own. Acts 16, 16 to 40. This is when Paul and Silas were in prison. And what did they do at midnight? Well, are you not afraid you're going to disturb the other prisoners? Aren't they going to have a right to sleep? What do you mean praising the Lord at midnight? What did King David say? At all times, continually praise the Lord. And what happened? What happened? The prison doors opened and they were all let out. Well, the prisoners didn't flee, thank God, or the keeper would have killed himself. But that thankfully didn't happen. But the next day they were let go. But they were not just slipped out the back door. They said, no, you arrested us publicly. Now you release us publicly. They had conviction. Amen? Amen. And it happened. And now Psalm 107, verse 31. Psalm 107, verse 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. King David's heart was longing that there would be more praise among the people for the Lord, for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Has the Lord done wonderful works for you? Do you have reason to be thankful? I mean, look here, we've been through uh, COVID wave one, wave two, wave three, whatever all, but here we are. We are survivors. That alone 
is enough to praise the Lord. But we have many more, many, many more things. We have been eating, we are dressed, we have a roof over our heads, we have family, we have loved ones, we have a community of like-minded believers, you know, and the list goes on. I cannot even, but we ought to praise the Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Amen? <laughs> okay, so now, oh yeah. And also in First Thessalonians 5:18, in everything give thanks, and we give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Lord wants you to acknowledge Him and thank Him because He's got your back. He's there for you. Amen. Amen. So in now notice that He said in everything. Not for everything. I was mentioning when we had the dream team together this morning that we lost Philip's very best, most expensive pair of pants off the laundry line. But in it I give thanks that I was not the thief. Thank God I was not the thief. Amen. And thank God he is my provider. But in everything we can find reason to give thanks. Amen. Apparently, Paul and Silas were thankful that they were not dead when they were in prison. The mob had not killed them. Amen? We can always find reason to give thanks. Now, where? Where where should we praise the Lord? Now, we are going to look at John 4, 19 through 23. John 4, verse 19 to 23. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. And so where do we worship? As long as you're sincere and you truly mean it. Anywhere, anywhere. You can praise the Lord, Silas and uh, the, was it Peter or Paul? They praised the Lord in prison. Yes. Amen, Paul. Silas and Paul in prison. Yes. Yeah. God does, in, and in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says that, 1 Samuel 16, 7, that God looks in the heart. He doesn't look at your surroundings. Oh, this dungeon of a prison, and you call upon my name in this black hole? Oh, he looked at the heart. And he came in powerfully and delivered them. Amen? They recognized him and they praised him. Let's also recognize and praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now how? How should we praise the Lord? How? So James 4, no, John 4, 24 already told us that we should worship in spirit and in truth with a sincere heart. Amen? Amen. Now in Ezra, Ezra 3.11, Ezra, John 4.24, John 4.24, that's the one we looked at earlier, that we are to worship in spirit and in truth. And now we are going to look at Ezra, verse 3.11. Ezra 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 3
11. There it said, with praise and thanksgiving, they sang unto the Lord. So we can praise the Lord through song or simply by giving thanks. Say, thank you, Lord, or we can sing, right? Yes. And in Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2, Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2, it says, make a joyful noise. So even if you're not like me, I'm not a singer per se, but I make lots of joyful noises to the Lord. Amen? Amen. All, let, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. How? Gladness. gladness. The Lord doesn't want us to come, come grumpy, dumpy. No, he wants us to come unto him with gladness. Be happy. You're my child. You're my child. I am your strength. I am looking after you. I am protecting you. Come to the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing, gladness singing. And Psalm 7, verse 17, 7, 17, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalm 9, verse 1, Psalm 9, verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. How? All my heart. That means I'm not distracted. I'm not thinking about what am I going to eat for lunch today. Da, 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 da. No, I'm thinking about the Lord and putting my whole heart into focusing on the Lord. Amen? Amen. I will tell. Oh, what? I will tell. Of all your wonderful deeds. That means like you speak of it. Like I said before, praise is not exclusively to God, we might praise Lucy. Say, I want to praise Lucy. I want to tell you what a fighter she's been. I will tell with my mouth out loud, and that's how I will praise. It's not enough that I just think in my heart. We have say it. If you really believe it, if you really mean it, tell, speak it forth. Say it out loud, and then, here in Psalm 35, 18, I will give thanks in the great congregation. Where? Psalm 35, 8. In the great congregation, I will praise you among much people. Psalm 35, 8. Psalm 35, 8. That's very publicly. I am not ashamed to be your child. I am not ashamed of my faith. I am not ashamed of adoring, worshiping, and praising you publicly. I'm not going to be silent. You are amazing. I am going to let people know of your greatness. I will tell of your goodness. I will tell of your love. I will tell of your mercy. Amen? And your provision and your protection, and on and on the list goes. But I will tell it, if I really mean it. How can a child know, wow, mom is really proud of me, if she never says a word about it? If she never says it out loud, how will that child know mom is proud of me? They will not know. They might maybe, maybe not, but I'll never, you'll never know. And we are made in his likeness. Let's tell, even in the great congregation among God's people. Amen? Psalm 95 to, I'm almost there. 
Psalm 95 too. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Music and song. Amen? And Psalm 107, 21 and 22. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thanks offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. So it might be a sacrifice to open our mouth yeah. and praise out loud, but that's the least we can do. It is our reasonable service. Amen? Amen. So there we said that like, we, um, remember I had this, so we worship the Lord with our whole being because it involves our physical mouth to praise and speak oh, yeah. forth. It's not enough that we know here. Let's also let it be made known. Amen? Yes. And the Lord loves it. When we truly praise and worship, He dwells. He inhabits our praises. Amen? Amen? So now the last, but not least. Okay, no, that's two. So Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. Not just in my thoughts. Not just in my heart. In my mouth. That means you will hear it. Amen? Yes. It's in my mouth. And Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Now, can we magnify the Lord? Can we make him bigger than he already is? No, we, we cannot make him. But our focus, if I have a magnifying glass, this might seem small, but when I put it through the magnifying glass, wow, I see this is not, this is amazing. Now I get a revelation, now I realize, now I see, wow. So let's focus on the Lord. Let's magnify the Lord. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the season to worship and magnify the Lord our God for all of his goodness. If we want to be strong, mature believers, we need to understand that praise and worship is an essential ingredient in our walk with the Lord that we cannot leave out. It might seem, okay, praise worship, I could save half an hour, I could sleep half an hour. No, 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 no. If you want to be strong in the Lord, if you really want to be able to stand strong, mm. how did these guys stand strong when the enemy came out against them? Praise and worship of God. Getting revelation knowledge. He made known his secret unto them that feared him, respected him. Amen? So let's do likewise. May you be blessed and may all of our mouths be filled with praise and worship unto the Lord our God. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.